we have been talking about what it means to live in exile. And I would like for you to turn to the book of Jonah tonight. And we're going to read the first 17 verses of the book of Jonah. And this is, I know this is really familiar and I, I really do like to preach about Jonah and it's just kind of the same uh, story every time, but it is a great story. A few years ago, I got to go to the Sight and Sound Theater and to see the story of Jonah and it became way more real to me. It depicted the people of Nineveh and they were in just this dark dark place and Jonah comes and and preaches the worst sermon ever and God moves on them and they repented and uh, so I want to remind us tonight that uh, God seeks for us to reach out to people even people we might not like and that church is not just about us but it might be about someone we might not even like being around. And so let's all stand in honor of God's word. I didn't know if you guys had time to pull that up or not. If you don't, that's that's, that's my fault. I didn't tell you. So we're going to be in the first 17 verses of Jonah in the first chapter. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amati. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the ferry, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? A lot of questions right there all at once. And I imagine they were yelling at him while they were asking it. And he answered, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from God because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done for for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. 
And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Father, I pray that tonight that we would be about your business and help us not to just be comfortable in the place where we are to where that we don't reach out to anybody else. And I just pray tonight that we would just hear this simple message and that it would uh, just stir our hearts this evening. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Cindy and I used to live in a house out on Turkey Drive, which is just east of town here. And uh, we had a big front porch there. And underneath the front porch was what they call a Frady Hole. And a Frady Hole is a concrete... Uh, well, that's what we call it anyway. It's a, it was under the porch. It was surrounded by concrete. It had concrete walls, concrete floor. And it was literally uh, rated as a storm shelter. And so we called it our Frady Hole. So if any time that the tornadoes came or any time it got to where we thought that maybe we might be in danger, if, uh, if there was ever a nuclear fallout, we were going to be safe in the Frady hole. And so we had that place where we were completely safe, but we kind of had a tradition in our house that when the tornado alarms go off, we always wanted to kind of see what was going on. And so other than, rather than go into the Frady hole where it was safe, we tended to go up on the front porch and we'd leave the front door open so that if we actually did see a tornado coming, we could run quickly down to the Frady hole and maybe not die before the tornado came. So one night we were in the house and the tornado alarms were going off and, and on the TV and we could hear them going off in Marshfield. So we knew that something was going on pretty good. I think it's when that tornado went down kind of down by 38, down on P Highway. And we wanted to see it. So we decided that we would, if we could see it, then we would have time and we could run back inside. And so we were standing out on our front porch. And while we were standing out on our front porch, we noticed that the light came on in the basement of our neighbor's house. And our neighbor has a big double glass door in the bottom of his basement. And you probably think that we're creepers, but you could see right in when they turned the light because it was dark. And when you turn the light on, you could see right into their basement. And they had some kids and we got to watching. I don't want to think that we're peeping toms, but we, <laughs> I guess we were. But we got to watching and they were just covering up with literally mattresses and everything else. And they were absolutely just in a hunker down because they thought that the tornado was coming. We were watching and they were just covered up and they weren't doing anything. They were in this hunker down. And I wonder sometimes if we get in the world that we're in and we have to deal with all the stuff that the world has. And I wonder sometimes in church, if we don't just come to church and just get in a hunker down and just say, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to try to save me and mine. And we're not, we're not going to go outside. It's just, it's just too dangerous out there. There's just too much stuff out there. And we'll, and we'll just try to try to keep us and mine and, and, and like an old chicken that just tries to get her little ones in, in around her and just cover ourselves up with mattresses. 
and never do anything else. And I understand, and, and I understand that mindset. That really makes sense to me. And sometimes it makes sense in the world we live in. Let's just, we're just not going to take part. We're just going to, we're just going to get and get safe. And we'll just wait till Jesus comes. And I want you to know that's not what he's called us to do. He hasn't called us to that. He hasn't called us to come into the church and just be around the people we like and do the things we like and just kind of wait out the storm till Jesus comes and we all get to go to heaven. That's not what he calls us to do. He calls us to reach out to someone else. And all of us uh, know and think sometimes that it'd just be better to get in a hunker down, but that's not what God has called us to. And so let's, uh, a few, a few years ago, there was this, this big church growth idea. And the idea was that churches would find certain segments of people that they related to very well and that churches would just try to reach out to that specific group. And just people that they were comfortable with. And a few years ago when Cindy and I went on sabbatical, I went to the first church in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, in Bethany, in Bethany, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma First Church in Bethany at Snoo. That's where we went. And we went to the early service and we were the youngest people there. Is that right, Cindy? I mean, and not by little, by a lot. It was all people well over 50. And there was lots of people there. And we were talking to the people. And, and, I'm, and it was almost like they were like, why are you here? Because that was, their, that was their service. And the whole thing was just, it was just old people. I don't want to say that bad, but, huh? Oh, it was uh, seasoned citizens. But the truth was, they, did, they didn't want anybody else. And, and, I can, and, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I can see the importance in that. I can see the thinking in that. And I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Because I think any way you can win somebody is a good way. And then after that, it was, all, it was all contemporary. It was all the complete other way. It was just all young people and there wasn't any old people. It was just all, it was all one way or the other. And we live in this world, and now we have now we have cowboy church, where it's just cowboys because nobody wants to go to church with the cowboys, so they made their own church. And I'm and I'm not saying that's bad either, because there's lots of people that are being reached like that, and 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 they have biker church because. They're bikers. I don't know. I, I thought we ought to have coon hunting church and then there'd just be a bunch of coon hunters. But you see what happens when we just want to be around people like us? That somehow or another, if that's the way we are, then we miss out on what somebody else might bring to the table. And I, and I think that those things are fine. And now if you, if you say pastor doesn't like these things, you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, misunderstanding what I'm saying because I think those are fine and I think they do a good job and, they, and they're reaching people and so I'm not, I'm not going to preach against those things 
But I don't believe that's completely what God has for us. I think God has for us that we are to get into life with every age and every creed and every person, no matter what their economic stance is. And I believe that God calls us to do that because he doesn't call us to just get around people that we like. We see here that he literally asked Jonah to get people that he doesn't even like at all. Where he doesn't even care, he doesn't care if they go to hell. He would actually be happy if they did. And God calls him and tells him, he goes, this is the people you're going to, I want you to reach. These are the people that, that I want you to talk to. And it's, it's interesting here that at, at one point that Jonah says, if I, if I go in there, you'll just save them. If I go and preach, I know who you are. I know how gracious you are and you'll just save them. Can you imagine saying that to God? I don't want, I don't want to go to these people because you're going to save them. And so I got to thinking, uh, I mean, these people, they were literally a hated enemy of the Jewish people. They were, they were not nice. Uh, they were like the worst of the worst. They were brutal people, brutal. They weren't just bad people. They were brutal people who just killed for fun. And, 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 and I want to tell you, they were not, they were not on Jonah's five by five list. They weren't. He was not going to go get a mug and go mug the Ninevites. He, he didn't care if they died. He didn't care. They, they were not someone that he was going to reach out to. They, 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 they were not on his list of people to invite to church. He would have been very happy if they didn't come at all. He was happy, literally, he liked church the way that it was. He liked it the way that it was. He was happy with the same old people that he had known his whole life and the same things and doing the same thing that he'd always done. He was very happy with that. But I'm going to tell you, God was not. God was not. And you know what? I'm happy that you're not that way. There is not hardly... This, this church is a whole different group of people than we had... 18 years ago you have reached out and have asked other people to come and uh it's and and here's the deal god is never happy with how many people we have he always wants more you know people always preachers will get together and they say well did you have a good sunday and it's always based on how many people you had you know what i'm saying how many people did you have well we had a good sunday you know what god never thinks it's a good sunday He's always glad no matter who's there. But in his heart, God's always thinking, I wish we'd have had more. I wish there was more people that would have heard about me. I wish there was more people that would have been here. And I don't want us to ever be satisfied. I always want us to have more. And, and, and there is, if there's someone who's not in church, it should bother us. It should bother us when we drive by and we see people that are not in church. It should bother us when we see people who do not know the Lord. When our friends and neighbors are not saved, it should bother us. Uh, we should not look at church as a place where it's just to be safe and to ride out the last days. The church should be a place that gets people to come to Christ and not just some people who look like us, but all people. 
Jonah was not sent to the people that he wanted to be with him. He was sent to the people that he didn't even like. Not only that he didn't even like, but uh, he didn't even want them to get saved. If you go to chapter 3, the very last verse says, He said, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion on them and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. God, God saw this and, 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 had, and changed him. But no, and then he go on and says, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. God comes in and saves him and Jonah's like, I knew you would do this. Can you imagine people getting saved at the altar and we're like, oh boy. I didn't like them and God saved them. And now we're gonna have to deal with them. And this is where, and this is where he was. Jonah was sent to people he didn't want to go to and people that he didn't even like. He didn't even want to preach to them because he knew that God would save them. So he ran away and we've been talking lately about this five by five and mug your neighbor. Now, some of you are like, yes, I really want to do that. And some of you are like, do I have to? I mean, let's just be honest. Some of you are like, I'm, uh, uh, maybe I'll give my names to somebody who really wants to do this and, and they can do it because the thought of actually stepping up to someone and say, okay, here's a mug and we'd really like for you to come to church. Is there something I can pray for you about? I've been praying for you as I drive by your house or whatever. The thought of doing that scares us because you never know who that's going to be. But somehow, someone has to do that. And I don't, want, uh, I don't want us to not do that because God has called us to reach out. And I'm going to tell you what, you don't know how or when that might actually help somebody. This morning, we were doing uh, handshake time. And I was over here talking to people and, and I made my way into the back row. And back there where Landon and Robin sitting was a, a woman and, a, and, a, and I don't know if it was her boy. I don't know who it was. I can't remember their name. But everybody else was standing. They were sitting down. And I could tell that they were just a little bit nervous about being here. And I stopped and I asked them their name. I said, have I met you before? And they said, no, this is our first time here for church. And I said, did somebody invite you? I always ask, did somebody invite you? And they said, no, nobody had invited us. She said, we came and got a turkey two or three years ago. Two or three. She had not been back since. I'm telling you what, folks, God spoke something in their heart and they felt like they needed to be church on this Sunday because of a turkey we gave away two or three years ago. And you may, you know, you may think, you know, I don't like giving away turkeys. That seems like dumb and I don't know what you think about it. I think it's great, especially if two or three years down the road, somebody still remembers that. I think there was something going on in her heart and she didn't know where to go. But I went there one time to get a turkey or somebody gave me a mug or I got some free clothes here one time. And after October, it'll be somebody gave me a coat. And we, and we do these things. And you know, we may not see something right off the bat. But we're always that place that when somebody gets in a hard spot, they're going to say, I went there and my kid went to Bible school. I went there and I got a turkey. 
I went there and I got a coat. I went there for whatever. I just want to, I just want to tell you, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're not just happy to just get in a hunker down with your family and not let anybody else in. That is not what God has called us to do. To just sit and play it safe and say, I'm just going to wait here till Jesus comes. Because that's not what God's asked us to do. Actually, God says, go out even to the people you might not like. Sometimes if you ask people you might not like, you know, they might not smell that good. They might not be that easy to get along with. They might not be that easy to go to church with. But see, that's the church that God has called us to. A church of young and old and different places in life and different aspects of life and different visions of life and different uh, different financial places in life and different from all different places. That's what the church is. It's all these different people coming together, the young and the old, the rich and the poor, the white, the black, the whatever, whatever race, that's what God's called us to do, to be this church. And it might be people you don't even know you like yet. And as I was reading this week and, and going over this, I thought, I don't want to be the church that just sits around, sings the songs, and just waits for Jesus to come. We have got to be, and I believe that you are, but I want to encourage you more and more to be the church that reaches out and is interested in other people. Because I'm going to tell you, God is interested in other people. God is interested in some weird people. And you know how I know? Because he's interested in me. I'm as weird as it come. I figured I'd get an amen there, but I didn't. But that's the way it is. So listen... When God gets after you, and when he does get after you, don't run from him. Do what he asks you to do. Some of you, you know, we're talking about going and giving a mug to somebody, and you're like Jonah. I think I'll go the other way. Don't run from him. Get your mug and carry it to Nineveh. Carry it to your neighbor. Be praying. I've been, I've been praying. I passed this house. I don't have any idea who lives in this house. I have no idea who lives in this house. And we pass it, and I nearly run over their dog every week. I'm afraid I'm going to run over their dog because that's going to mess everything up. But I'm not. I'm being really careful, and I'm not running over their dog. But when we get them mugs, I'm going to stop in, and I'm going to meet them. And I'm going to hand them a mug. And I'm going to be able to honestly say, I don't know you, but I've been praying for you. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but here's your mug. I'm going to do that. And that's what God has called me to do. Now, I don't want to be driving by. We don't have to keep driving by. I'm going to stop and do it. And God has called us to do that. And uh, so that's what he's called us to do. It'd be better to want people to get saved than to drive by them and never speak a word. I remember last, me and, me and Mike was talking about it, last week when we was doing our little thing and Cindy was sitting over here in hell and she was like, 
she was. I don't know what happened, but anyway, she was sitting over here in hell. And she said, somebody save my family. Folks, somebody is everybody's family. Everybody is somebody's family. Everybody is somebody's family. And here's the deal. I think God is screaming out to the church, somebody save my kids. Somebody speak to my kids. Somebody save my family. And that's what he's calling us to. Let's stand. Lord, we love your church. We love your people. We love, I love sharing life with the folks that are here. These are some of my favorite people in the whole world. But Father, we are not called to just stay with us and enjoy ourselves. You've called us to bring others in. And Father, I thank you that our church is, but I pray that you would help us to do more. I pray that we would not be happy with just the folks that are here and that we would take on the responsibility of bringing in people that it might not be easy to minister to, but you've called us to do that. And I pray, Father, that you would just uh, put burdens on our heart, that you would speak into our lives, that you would uh, challenge our hearts. Father, help us to maybe even speak to people we might not even like, but that you have called us to reach. And I pray that you would just continue to help us and that you would put a burden on our hearts to draw your kids into your church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You are dismissed. Thanks for coming tonight.